Well, today the Vatican responded to indigenous demands and formally repudiated the doctrine of discovery, the theories backed by 15th century uh, papal decree that legitimized the colonial era seizure of Aboriginal lands and forms the basis of some property laws even today. Now, a statement from the Vatican said that the decrees did not adequately reflect the equal dignity and rights of indigenous peoples. Uh, the statement from the Vatican, even the Vatican talking about this, uh, marks a historic recognition of the Vatican's own complicity in colonial era abuses committed by European powers. Uh, the news comes exactly one year after Pope Francis met at the Vatican with indigenous leaders from Canada who raised the issue. Joining me now to talk a little bit about today's um, statement uh, from the Vatican is Breen Ouellette, who's a Vancouver-based lawyer. Breen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And good to have you in studio too. I know we've talked a lot on the phone, but never had a chance to meet face-to-face, so it's wonderful to have a conversation with you face-to-face, and it's an important one today. First of all, uh, what did this mean to you, and what do you think it means to the broader Aboriginal community in this country? Uh, to me, it shows that the the cracks are continuing to form. Um, you know, this is this is more of a moral victory than a legal victory. Getting the getting the acceptance uh, by the Catholic Church that the 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 papal doctrines that form the basis for virtually everything that's happened in Canada that that has been done to Indigenous people by the Canadian government, mm-hmm. um, to have those repudiated uh, is, um, it's, it's an important moral victory. Um, as a, as a legal victory, it would probably be more meaningful if, uh, the United Kingdom revoked the Royal Proclamation of 1763, which is a document that came a couple hundred years later that based its claims over the territory of Canada essentially on the same basis that, that the, that the papal doctrines were, were saying, which was that there were no people here because only Christians were considered people in those European monarchies. So when, when it comes to what you've just described, when the Europeans came, basically it meant they discovered the land, even though there were people already living here. Is, is that sort of what the, the, the doctrine of discovery uh, recognized? What, what the doctrine said was that the you know in in a, in essence the way it developed was that European monarchs had the 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 um, the right of of God to take lands from indigenous uh, nations and peoples as the sovereign lands of that European monarch, um, and the fact that people were living there already uh, didn't matter because they were non-Christian, um, and it it. Even at the time, it was considered uh, by by some circles to be illegal and immoral and inhuman. And there were, um, uh, for instance, uh, one gentleman, Francisco de Vitoria, was a, a legal jurist within the Catholic Church who, a few decades after the papal bulls were issued, was saying, this is not legal, we can't just arbitrarily go in and take people's land, whether or not they're, they're non-Christian. They are human beings, and they are the sovereign rights holders to that territory. So in 2023, uh, beyond uh, this uh, symbolic recognition, what would you like to see moving forward? And what I mean by that is something that would improve the lives of Aboriginal people in this country, uh, whether it be uh, uh, just, uh, I guess, holistically, morally, but also so they can build 
their lives moving forward, an economic base for themselves, all those kind of things that you I think we're all collectively trying to get there. What does this mean moving forward? Well, so what I mean when I said off the top that the cracks are, are growing, um, I, I say this with no, you know, with absolute um, seriousness. I think that Canada is verging on its South Africa moment. Um, not many people in this country realize yet that the Constitution of Canada enshrines apartheid in Section 9124 of the Constitution. And that's, that's the section of the Constitution that says Indians and lands reserved for the Indians are reserved for, uh, are, are under the jurisdiction of the federal government. Mm-hmm. And so what it does is it establishes a separate set of laws applicable only to a group of people on the base of their race or ethnicity. And in concert with the previous and ongoing genocides in this country, uh, the one that is, uh, you know, strongest in my heart is is the apprehension of Indigenous children into foster care that's still happening today. Um, those, those crimes of genocide and other crimes of humanity tie back in to the federal government claiming to have this apartheid power over Indigenous peoples. If... Um, if Canada were to face the International Criminal Court, uh, the, the Constitution would likely be found illegal at the international level, the same way that uh, Francisco de Vitoria would have found it illegal back in the 1500s. So how do we move forward? And I say this yesterday at 3 o'clock, I had Hill Salem on the show, the Squamish Nation Council chair, talking about, uh, first of all, the fight to get their land back and now develop it. Uh, whether it be on Sinak, and as they announced yesterday, 350 acres they wish to develop, two-thirds of it on the North Shore. They are building an economic base with their community. They're building capacity in their community in regards to having talented, educated people who, who wish to work. They're educating their young. Um, at the same time, uh, they also have to work with non-First Nations communities as well, try to build uh, some sort of um, consensus on how they should move forward on their land, but at the same time working with other communities as well. When you talk about that crack forming and uh, comparing it to South, South Africa for that moment, um, some would say we're already there in regards to urban First Nations moving pretty quickly in some cases, yet many communities in the interior and the north perhaps not so. So in regards to the totality of this, these communities, how do you move forward after this recognition? Is it f- further uh, conversation? Is it about just getting the government out of the lands and having a say over your lives in, 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 in the reserves? What is it? If I could have anything happen yeah. uh, tomorrow, tomorrow what I would have happen is that the federal government and the prov- provincial governments agree that the apartheid enshrined in Section 9124 of the Constitution mm-hmm. should be rescinded and that uh, the sovereignty and the title of Indigenous nations should be recognized and that all governments in Canada should be working together with Indigenous nations as equal partners for the betterment of everyone living here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really difficult uh, hurdle for a lot of people, um, as I'm reminded consistently on social media. As an Indigenous person, uh, I uh, pe- non-Indigenous people, many believe that I owe Canada uh, something for the lifestyle that I enjoy, that I have been bettered as a result of uh, Canada occupying these territories. The other side of the coin is 
I have relatives that are in foster care. They've been taken from our, our extended family. We don't have access to them. In one instance, a boy was adopted to a white family and nobody in my family has access to him whatsoever. We don't know where he is or how he's doing. And uh, it's because we're Indigenous people. That's the reason um, that should not be happening in this country today. Uh, just based on what you just said, are you still an optimist that we as a country can get there? Because, I mean, I, we can talk in legal terms, but what you've just said there, uh, I'm just speaking for myself, I would be incredibly angry uh, at the system that has done that, inflicted on that in generations, that here we are in 2023 talking about reconciliation, but you do not have access to your own family members, your, your extended family. Yeah, children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm still an optimist. And the reason is that my third great-grandfather, uh, Joe Sabolette, faced off against the Canadian government at Batoche in 1885. And he took a bayonet in the stomach uh, on the final day, the final hours of the battle, so that his, uh, his kith and kin, uh, the other Métis men on the battlefield, could retreat. And he died of that wound at uh, 93 years of age, um, you know, in his dying moments, uh, he knew what he was fighting for. He knew he was fighting for his community, but I don't think he could have envisioned that one of his descendants would be a lawyer in Vancouver. I have an, an incredible amount of privilege, there's no doubt. Um, all I want and what I'm hopeful for is that we can continue to move forward in a good way and end... Mm-hmm the remaining vestiges of colonization and genocide and apartheid in Canada. And, you know, South Africa did it. We can do it. There's no doubt we can do it. We just have to have the will of the people. And, and I'm seeing that. People in Canada who are not Indigenous are lining up behind Indigenous people to support us. Mm-hmm. That is true. It is a it is a, a very slow moving process, but one that we collectively as a country have to get through. Breen, as always, my pleasure in chatting with you. Look forward to having you on again. Yes, thank you.